EdTech Mondays Kenya is supported by the Mastercard Foundation Center for Innovative Teaching and Learning in ICT and EdTech East Africa. Hello and welcome to EdTech Monday Kenya, a monthly series of conversations. My name is Moses Kemibaro, your host and moderator for the Kenya edition. This month, we look at EdTech as an enabler for education for learners with visual impairments. The International Day of Persons with Disabilities is 3rd December 2022, which aims to promote the understanding of disability issues and mobilize support for the dignity, rights, and well-being of persons with disabilities. This year's theme is Transformative Solutions for Inclusive Development, the role of innovation in fueling an accessible and equitable world. The challenges for learners with visual impairments in Kenya include poor communication, poverty, long distances to school, lacking basic education resources like teachers, and low literacy rates within communities. However, on a positive note, Kenya has a policy in place that aims to make education accessible and inclusive by providing space, resources, and training for teachers in schools so that learners with and without visual impairments can learn alongside each other, enabled by edtech solutions. As we explore how edtech can be an enabler for education with learners with visual impairments, we ask, what measures can be taken by all stakeholders to ensure that learners with visual impairments can have access to edtech solutions for learning? Please send us your responses to edtechmonday at mastercardfdn.org. Allow me to introduce our panel this month. Sheila Luther, Principal Education Officer, Special Needs Education at the Ministry of Education. Supana Biswa, CEO, Kianjaro Blind Trust Africa. And Eric Gaudi, Board Member, United Disabled Persons of Kenya and Secretary, Society of Professionals with Visual Disabilities. Rose Omolo is our sign language interpreter. Please share your respective thoughts and insights on the current state of EdTech for persons with visual impairments in Kenya. Maybe starting off with you, Sheila. Thank you so much. I'd like to say that the government has invested heavily in uh, technology and uh, ICT devices and infrastructure in institutions of learning. So we are moving towards a technologically oriented education space. And uh, I believe uh, big journeys start with single steps and we are doing well. Small steps that take us forward. Yes. Excellent. Supana, maybe you can also share your perspective. So um, those with visual impairment have a special challenge is that when they access education, they need to have assistive devices, that is technology, that will support them. For the past, let's say, 50 years, in Kenya and in Africa, the learners with visual impairment have been using a device, an assistive device called the Perkins Braille machine. Now, this Perkins Braille machine is, is a device that it's a 200-year-old technology, and obviously it is not uh, adapted for the 21st century. So it's very, very important. The subject of access to digital literacy and education is a very, very key for us at Kilimanjaro Blind Trust Africa. And we have focused on providing that access to digital education, that is quality access to digital literacy and skills that will take them from a very early learning stage in primary schools right up to university and technical colleges and access to employment. 
Thank you. Eric, as somebody living with the visual impairment, maybe you can share with us your perspective. Thank you. <clears throat> um, so at the United Disabled Persons of Kenya, and uh, even my organizations of persons with disability, SOBVID, we know that the learner with visual impairment is not yet free at last. And this is because of, uh, uh, simply put, the challenges that uh, uh, Madame uh, Suparna just put across, but also to add that there are other challenges. So for example, when we talk about education technology, we mean we are talking of those platforms that are digital, but also adding the uh, element of uh, uh, teaching methodologies. And we are saying the learner with visual impairment is not yet there because 10% are the ones only able to access this digital platform. 18% of learners um, with disabilities are the ones accessing uh, internet or internet facilities. And now we're also talking that while the, the government has done a lot of work towards providing electricity, there's a, a disparity between those in urban area and uh, in rural areas. So you can see, but it all is not lost. It's not gloom and doom as Madame Sheila just mentioned. Thank you. Great, um, thanks for sharing that, Eric. Sheila, what kind of initiatives has the Ministry of Education put in place um, that basically ensure that edtech solutions for persons with visual impairments are widely available in Kenya? And also, did the ministry navigate, how did the ministry navigate the pandemic scenario given that children uh, obviously were at home at that time and now specifically uh, looking at a scenario where uh, those with visual impairments, uh, you know, how did we deal with that situation as a, as a ministry? Yeah. So, as I said earlier, the government has invested heavily in the digital literacy program, commonly known as DLP, and we have to credit government for that, uh, where schools were equipped with uh, learner devices, either uh, tablets or laptops, especially laptops for those in special schools because of the adaptations that were necessary for the for learners with visual impairment like the screen readers where we were using jaws uh, software to make the devices accessible to learners with visual impairment and um, we have seen more than 21,000 schools receiving the tablets and devices we have seen delivery of over 200 embossers and we've also seen delivery of over 100 projectors to assist the schools and especially learners with visual impairment. We also have collaboration with the World Bank, working with the Ministry of Education through Directorate of Project Coordination, where we have a program um, that seeks to equip schools in 30 counties and 110 sub-counties and we went out and did a research and got the status of uh, ICT infrastructure and devices in the institutions. And we have seen the first batch of um, procurement of assistive devices, where we had uh, procurement of orbit readers, smart boards, and other devices for learners with visual impairment. We also have a lot that has been done through <clears throat> public-private partnership 
currently working with institutions like Kilimanjaro Blind Trust Africa, which is represented in the house today, the Action Foundation Kenya, which is collaborating with the Ministry of Education, Directorate of Special Needs Education, in a very big program targeting 3,000 girls with disabilities in STEM, where they are taught coding, uh, skills, or mobile app development, and robotics. And it was good sitting down and just realizing that all is not lost, as Eric said, for learners and persons with visual impairment. We see them doing scratch. We see them doing activities that uh, involve technology. So I believe that we have begun and with collaborations and discussions and available platforms like these ones, we are actually able to put our minds together and realize how much more we can do. Coming back to your situation, it's clear that EdTech for learners with visual impairments will become more and more essential. And for many stakeholders that you serve through your organization, I think across six different countries in Africa, um, there are going to be the next steps needed to make EdTech for learners with visual impairments more inclusive and more widely adopted. Maybe you can share how your organization has also been working with schools like the Moi Girls High School to make this a reality for the learners who have visual impairment there. Thank you. Um, I'd like to, I'd really like to start by saying that the government of Kenya has done a lot in terms of policy for making access to inclusive schools possible. That is the first step. The whole idea of having special schools is actually, in a way, not very uh, conducive to the independence and inclusion of young learners with visual impairment. So the fact that the government has very positive policies that support inclusive schools and they are increasing more and more schools, inclusive schools around the country, is a fantastic step forward. However, it is understood that the government, it is not possible for the government to address the, 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 the gap in digital technology because digital technology for visually impaired persons is expensive. An average device that is a multifunctional digital device costs upwards of $3,000. So an organization called Orbit Research in the US developed specially for developing countries in Africa, Asia, Latin America, to make sure that multifunctional, a multifunctional affordable digital braille device could be, could be designed and put to use so that learners would have access to quality education at the same level as their sighted peers in an inclusive classroom. So Kilimanjaro Blind Trust Africa, we have focused uniquely on the access to quality education that is digital literacy and skills for learners with visual impairment in Africa. And of course, Kenya turns out to be our laboratory because we are present here. And because of the support of the government in opening those doors for us and, and providing the support that we need in order to be able to, to uh, relate to the learning institutions and support them in the way that they need support to make this paradigm change from mechanical technology to digital technology. Uh, we know that the online and digital jobs can be a powerful way for persons with impairments to engage in the workforce with the visual impairments. How can schools help prepare learners with visual impairments for the digital jobs of the future? 
and especially given some of the restrictions and limitations they might have. Thank you for that. Uh, let me start first by agreeing with what Sheila was saying, uh, representing the government, that we really did see the government put in a lot of effort during COVID time. And as we move, move forward, I think that's a, a great place for the government to, to continue. We uh, personally enjoyed some of the platform on the, for example, Ubongo, which was an online platform. I enjoyed some of the documentaries and the teaching on the radio. To your question, um, Moses, yeah, on the issue of accessibility, uh, I mean, uh, digital platforms for, for visually impaired persons. I'll start by telling you uh, that one of the things that people with visual impairment experience is attitudinal barrier. So when you look at a person with visual impairment, you, you, you think, this person can only be in a certain space, certain specific careers. So we are talking of teaching, uh, sort of a, a minimal job, or if they can expand, they can be maybe telephone operators or lawyers. These are not like bad, bad uh, careers or what they're actually good. But the thing I'm saying here is that they are limited, they are narrow. But the digital space now, the edutech provides us with opportunity to explore you know, uh, Sheila mentioned the issues of coding. Visually impaired uh, young learners are now coding. Um, they are expanding and seeing that I can actually be a mathematician. I can be a programmer. I can be, a, uh, you know, I can work with Cisco. And I can do things with networks, you know, with, the, with, with sort of device like uh, um, Spana is talking about here. We are seeing that given this uh, space, then our opportunities for careers can actually be expanded. And where do we start, as your question is asking, for the, you know, the young learners in school? Because what, what seems to be not to be there is the issues of sensitization. Of course, the bigger, the bigger one is the, the resources. Yeah? Remember, we're talking of uh, products uh, such as softwares, and uh, hardwares that you know this young uh, visually impaired can engage can use to to grow these skills so besides the 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 challenge of um, uh, these facilities the one big one is to overcome sensitize people to overcome that issue of attitudinal barrier thank you i think that's a very valid point you made i think there's a presumption and opinion uh, that they're not able to, to do some of the things that are needed for, especially in the future of work, where everything goes digital. But I'm delighted to, to see that that potential uh, is very much there. I'd like to come back again to you um, and just ask, you know, from your point of view, you know, we're looking out at various initiatives that you think through EdTech can make all these possibilities going forward in the, the next two to five years. From a ministry standpoint, uh, what do you think can be done to enhance the opportunities for our learners uh, using EdTech, especially those who are visually impaired? Yeah, what I think is that we really need to concentrate on uh, <clears throat> teacher capacity building and other relevant stakeholders, because as much as technology is coming into the learning spaces, it is not pushing away the teacher. The teacher is a facilitator. So when we look at, um, let me use the word regular ICTs, 
we have a challenge with use of uh, assistive devices and technologies. I may be ICT or what we call techno savvy, but I don't know how to use uh, a tactile machine. I don't know how to use an embosser. So we really need to invest in capacity building, not just for teachers, but all stakeholders, especially the educationists, quality assurance and standards officers, the parents, everyone, because for us to move globally, as far as technology is concerned, everyone needs to understand what we are doing. And especially for uh, learning spaces for learners or any other person with visual impairment, they, I think they are the ones who benefit most from the assistive devices and technologies, both software and hardware. And there are numerous kinds of machines and technologies that we need to expose ourselves to, practice, and so I think teacher capacity is still important. We will not wish it away. We also need to enhance um, public-private partnership, as I said, because Sprana said, uh, talked about the high cost of the assistive devices and technologies, and even the mobility devices. Sometimes we talk about the learning devices. We forget about mobility devices, like for those maybe with physical impairment or those who may have multiple disabilities. What about you, Supana? Your perspectives on the way forward? How do we, you know, take this to, you know, more students, more learners with visual impairment and really be much more inclusive for the future? Thanks. I'd like to build on what Sheila has just said, and that is about um, empowering the teachers. You know, young learners, so we, uh, just for perspective, we are in 62 schools across Kenya, across uh, 36 counties in Kenya. And of course, every region has its own particularity. But we have found that the learners, they adapt to the devices very quickly. But the resistance comes from the teachers. And I think that there is a lot of work yet to be done. So we provide uh, user training for teachers and also school-based technicians to ensure that there is continuity of use of the devices. So it's not sufficient just to provide access to digital devices. There has to be full service accorded to the whole concept of education using technology because the devices break down or it's, it's not properly used. And so there has to be a whole other uh, work done to support the use of technology. And this is what has been a big gap, which in our case, uh, we have tried to follow up. And of course, the government knows about it and, and uh, uh, they appreciate the fact that we are providing this kind of full service. And that is why they also have accepted the Orbit Reader, which was developed specifically to provide access to technology for, for and, and access to education for visually impaired as the, the assistive device of choice. Of course, there will be many others that bring in other technology or similar technology. But the fact is that it has to be tried, it has to be tested, and there has to be a kind of um, standardization across the country where access to quality, so we also are, we, we struggle to get access to quality curriculum content from the government because they are way behind in production of uh, even 
uh, hard copy textbooks. So it's about making sure that those come together so that the di digital curriculum content is in the devices. So Eric, maybe you can give us your final remarks, you know, again, just looking towards the future, how to make, you know, um, edtech work for inclusivity when it comes to learners with um, visual impairment. Oh, thank you very much. Let me just start by the one important key that uh, um, my colleagues are talking about here, partnership. What Sheila just mentioned and what Spana just, uh, in even giving us that good news, it's all about partnership. And one key thing that we should not also forget is the voice of now these visual impaired learners. I mean, um, we have to bring that voice on board. They have what we call the, the lived experience. So, and also we must, uh, and since we are talking to the, uh, to the tech community, let's not forget the issues of accessibility. While you can make our life very easy, it will be always good to make it accessible. And accessibility is all about how persons with visual impairment and even others with disabilities uh, perceive, understand, navigate, and interact with products and environments and services that you, you can provide to us. Eh? So for me, um, as a, a person with visual impairment, I'm liking what I'm hearing from uh, uh, Sheila representing the government. I'm, hearing, I'm liking what I'm hearing from Spana and I'm looking forward, <clears throat> moving forward. Um, these young learners, those with, in the colleges, and those who are looking in the opportunities for employment to use this uh, uh, technology, EduTech, edu to improve their lives, their welfare. And uh, I'll mention, uh, this is what some of my friends say, um, that while for you, you know, Technology is, uh, makes work easier. For me, it makes life possible. Thank you. Well, thank you very much, Eric. Last week, we visited Moy Girls High School who have learners with and without visual impairments attending classes together. We interviewed a visually impaired learner, a teacher who has been trained to teach visually impaired learners, and a visual impairment subscriber who works closely with learners and teachers. In primary school, I was in a visually impaired school. And now when I came to this school, it was a kind of different, uh, having been studying with the other students. My experience with uh, the visually impaired has been an amazing one, because my previous understanding of who they were has been really challenged by the fact that I've interacted with them, I have learned that these girls are highly experienced and uh, are gifted in different ways. I have uh, an advantage of having interacted with uh, the Braille machine and the bulky papers. And of course also learning through the newly uh, obtained technology of the Obit Reader. And uh, like every other person in this country or anywhere else would appreciate, the technology is good. Uh, because uh, the Obit Reader that the girls use right now, I could consider it a laptop of some sort 
for, for the girls who are visually impaired, though they can also use their normal laptops. The Obit readers have made work for us easier. Like you find the braille machine are so bulky, like carrying them anywhere, everywhere is difficult because they are so heavy. The academic experience, all my work has, uh, over time, become easier and convenient. We are able to access uh, content from wherever we are and it's, it's nowadays more portable. It can store books, so you don't have to carry books yeah, anywhere. And like the braille machines, um, writing with them is so, is so tiring. So you find that, like the Obit readers, you can, you can store notes there. You know, with the accessibilities to resources, they are sort of assured of uh, uh, passing exams because they have the, the content, they have the knowledge. As they did with the Obit readers, they have to find some other ways, like for doing mathematics and sciences, so that we are able to do all the subjects like others, like physics, you find that it's difficult for us to do. If there's something that can be done so that uh, all the subjects that they do, they do with others, especially in an integrated system like our school, so that they don't have to be isolated during some subjects. Like in maths, they can't do it together with the others in class. So if, if, there's a, if there's something that can be done so that even that mathematics, they don't have to do on a different, uh, in a different place. They just do it together with, with the other students. I think that would boost their morale. Obitrida is very challenging when you're dealing with maths and also Kiswahili. So if we could come up with a, a more inclusive uh, obitrida that accommodates all these subjects, that would be great. Thank you all for watching this edition. Follow us for more conversations on the MasterCard Foundation YouTube channel and the Young Africa Works Facebook page. My name is Moses Kimibaro. See you again in the next edition of EdTech Monday Kenya. EdTech Mondays Kenya is supported by the MasterCard Foundation Center for Innovative Teaching and Learning in ICT and EdTech East Africa.